All right, well, turn with me to John 15. We're, uh, we're pressing into this truth of, of, of uh, being sinless in Christ. We've been talking about it for about a month. And just to remind you what we've talked about this last month is that we have showed from the scriptures that because of the blood of Jesus, the person who's put their trust in Jesus, the person who's in Christ, is sinless, right? Jesus is sinless, and his blood is the cure. If, just if I was sick and I, took a cure, and, I took, and I took medicine that was the cure, then I would be cured, right? And, and, and we and we've found that Jesus' blood is sufficient to wash us of all of our sin, not just a little bit. He didn't die for a little bit of sin. He died for the whole thing. And that the Bible has made it very clear. God doesn't remember our sin anymore. We're sinless. We're perfect. We're holy. We're blameless. We're righteous. I mean, the Bible uses all of these words. I've, we've walked it through. And we've showed us. We've seen those scriptures. And that, um, and that because of that, because God doesn't remember our sin anymore, he delights in us, doesn't he? That he desired us so much that he would shed his own blood. And Jesus purchased us with his blood and now we belong to him. And this isn't like an idea, right? We've, we've looked at this in the scriptures. This isn't just like God has amnesia, right? Like God's tricking himself. You remember that? We, we've looked and we have seen, amen, right? Like we've seen this in the word of God. Anyone else but me? Yeah, you guys are checking this out here. We've been looking at this in the word of God. We've been building our faith in this. That this isn't just like some positive thinking, right? This isn't just like some nice little uh, 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 encouraging message. This is the word of God, right? We've been confronted with the reality of the sufficiency of the blood of Jesus. And in, in this way, that when you put your trust in Jesus, God's spirit has come inside of you, right? And your spirit and his spirit are one now. And so that your spirit has been made alive and the righteousness of Christ, his holiness and sinlessness has literally been appropriated and imparted into you so that you really are righteous. Your spirit is born again. And the moment that that happened, all I was going to say all hell broke loose, but you know, I don't know. I don't know if maybe that's the right way to say it. Maybe not, might not be theologically correct. The battle begins, doesn't it? And this is what we looked at last week, if you remember. We are perfect in Christ because of the blood of Jesus and because of his righteousness, because his spirit is in us really and truly. He loves us and delights in us and sees us as righteous. And the resurrection power and life of Jesus is literally on the inside of us. And yet there's a battle raging, isn't there? We're perfect, and yet we're in process. Because our, what the Bible calls our flesh, still needs a lot of work, doesn't it? That, that what Jesus has done, what God has done in his wisdom, is he's planted a righteousness seed in us by, by causing our spirit to be born again. But we have still soul, we still have a body that still has a lot of problems, right? We still have wrong ways of thinking, we were raised certain ways. We've agreed with our culture and the worldly ways of thinking. We have demonic things that try to influence and tempt us. We have cravings, right, in our body. We have, we have broken emotions and broken pasts that God wants to heal and restore and redeem. He doesn't want disembodied like spirits floating around, right? When Jesus comes back, you guys remember that he's going to redeem all of creation, right? There's gonna be a new heaven, new earth, and he's gonna give us glorified bodies. God is out to redeem and restore all of us. 
And so we've, said, we've, we've been learning that it's just his brilliant plan. How does he get heaven on earth? How does he get his kingdom to come? How does he get righteousness on the earth? Now, righteousness isn't just moral purity. We're talking righteousness is God's righteous standards, his perfect way of ruling. How does he get that on earth? By planting a righteousness seed, right? The kingdom always comes like a seed, always comes with a word. And so our spirit has been born again, is perfect. Just like if I healed the source of a water spring, now the water's clean, but now it's got to flow and heal the rest of the land. My soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my physical body, it still needs healing, redemption. That's why my mind needs to be renewed. That's why we need sanctification. We're perfect, and yet we're in process, aren't we? And this is what we've been learning, to walk in this reality, right? To believe this and to walk in this. We've tried to answer some of the questions that people have. And I want to, um, in John 15, I think it's one of the key scriptures to help understand this, but uh, last week, you know, I, I was kind of, I made a joke, or, I don't know about a joke, but, well, actually, <laughs> talk about needing sanctification, right? Talk about our minds need, needing to be renewed. I don't know if, how many of you guys uh, were here last week, but you know, hooked on phonics definitely didn't work for me, right? <laughs> so I usually preach the truth, but if anyone was wondering, you don't spell cat with a K. Um, so that, I, I'm sorry, that was a lie. You know, I repent and, uh, no, I'm joking. But anyways, so, uh, but last week I, I, made a, I made another joke but that I said that you know, I was like, wow, we're perfect in Christ. And then I said, what the heck is wrong with us, right? And then that's, that's what we talked about, the battle and this now and this not yet, this we're perfect, but we're also in process. Just because you're struggling, just because you're falling down and all that doesn't mean you're not a Christian, doesn't mean you're not born again, doesn't mean you're a hypocrite, right? But here's the question that we need to answer. It's a question that I'm sure most of you have been wondering uh, or is how do I grow then? How do I become like Jesus? Now, 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 because of what I've just said, we're perfect, we're in process, we've learned, this has been the key phrase for this whole series, that we are becoming who we... Tell me, help me out. We're becoming who we already, we already are, right? Your spirit's already born again. Christ is inside of you. You already are perfect. You already are righteous. So you're becoming who you already are. And you go, so which one are you supposed to focus on, Right? We, we, most of us focus on our lack and our flesh. My flesh isn't willing, you know? My flesh is weak. I'm struggling. I have all this lack in me. We focus on our past and our brokenness and all that kind of stuff. But what, what, have, what has the Lord been teaching us? To see who we are in Him, right? To focus on who we already are that we might become. How does that work? How is it that Christ is in me and yet I'm still becoming like Him, right? I am like him, but I'm not like him, right? And how does that work? How do I actually become like Jesus? How do I grow? How does this work? You say, Dave, okay, cool, cool. I mean, let's say somebody finally agrees with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is mostly how it works. You tell somebody who they are in Christ and they go, but I still have sin. And I go, stop looking at your experience. Stop looking at your circumstances. Stop looking at you and basing what you believe on, the, on, on you. I said, base it on the word. What does the word say? And so you, let's say you finally get somebody to do that. Let's say, right? You're like, you're Dave Turner. You're working with somebody for a while or like you're going through our discipleship program and you're finally like starting to be like, oh, I get it. I'm 
righteous in Christ. That's who I am. I'm supposed to focus on that. Okay, Dave. Yeah, but how do I overcome that sin? Right? Like, I won't answer that question first. You know, <laughs> people are like, okay, Dave, how do I like grow in that area? I'm like, well, for, let's back up. Let's talk about who you are in Christ. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know? Let's say you finally believe, like, this is who I am in Christ, and you start to walk in that. You still have the question, don't you? Like, how does that work? You know what I'm saying? Okay, like, I have a calling. How do I fulfill my calling? I have, I have sin. How do I overcome that? You know, I have this brokenness in my life. I want to be a whole person. I, my finances, I'm really, really dumb with the finances, Dave. I, what do I do? I mean, you don't understand. Like, I wasn't raised the right way, so, like, I don't really understand what to do with my finances. Like, I don't know what to do. What do I do, right? Or, 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 or uh, uh, you know, relationships, you know? Man, like, I just have a really bad track record with relationships. What do I do? And the answer is legalism. <laughs> yeah. Just joking. See, I like it when you guys laugh about that kind of stuff because uh, it really, really impresses me. Okay, so verse 1 of John 15, verse 1. Here it is. Show us, Lord. Jesus says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit fruit, so you will be my disciples. How do you become like Jesus? You become like Jesus by being with Jesus. And it is that simple. No, 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 it's got to be more complicated than that. You've got to have some more stuff in there too, right? No. It is that simple that you become like Jesus by being with Jesus. And that's it. That is the pleasure of God. That is his great and brilliant plan from all eternity to create human beings who he would enjoy and they would enjoy him and we would be in relationship and we would be created in his image and he would, bear, he, would, he would cause us to bear his image and partner with him to create with him on the earth. And in redemption, he purchases us with his blood, redeems us, restores us back to relationship with him and dwells on the inside of us that through intimacy, like he always wanted, he could co-labor with us to create on the earth. This is it. See, if you're sinless, 
Why do you need laws? If you're sinless, why do you need laws? You don't need rules and laws anymore. Oh, Dave, you can't tell that to people. They'll just do whatever they want. Maybe. Why do you think the Apostle Paul over and over again said things like, you're dead to the law? And you know what he says in Romans 7? You're dead to the law so that you're now what? Married to Jesus. All the guys go, that sounds weird. Yeah. His spirit and your spirit are one. He's dwelling on the inside of you, right? Remember I said to you a couple weeks ago, you can't be holy unless you already are. Telling someone to be holy who's not holy is like telling a man without legs to walk. But what do you have now? Christ is living inside of you. And think about it. The fruit that he produces in you. What is that fruit? You do like a word study about fruit in the Bible. Fruit can mean answers to prayer. It could mean character. It could mean your speech. It could mean how you relate to other people. It could mean uh, fulfilling your calling, miracles. I mean, fruit is like so much in the Bible. You know what it is? You know what fruit is? It's Christ. It's the manifestation of the life of Christ. Why do you think Paul all the time says that we would be conformed to the image of Christ, right? In Galatians 4, those of you who have been in the reading plan this week, Paul says, oh, I labor that Christ would be formed in you. What? Paul's obsessed. He's obsessed with Jesus. He actually thinks this whole thing is about Jesus. You know how, you know how Paul describes Christianity, right? In Christ. In what? No. In who? Christianity is not a law or a principle or a philosophy or religion. It's a person. It's the person, the Son of God, right? Who became a human being and purchased with his blood and now lives in us by his spirit. The, when I say the seed, right? God produces righteousness on the earth by putting a seed in us and then the fruit is, who's the seed? It's Christ. Who's inside of you? Christ. How did you get saved? You accepted Christ. You didn't accept a ticket to heaven. You, did, you didn't take the red pill or the blue pill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cultural reference to Matrix, those of you who know that. This is not a pill. This is not, this is not a pill. This is not a law. This is not a religion. This is not a ticket to heaven. This is a person. He is living on the inside of you. And the way you came into the kingdom is the way you grow in the kingdom. The way in is the way on. The way you became is the way you become. Faith. Abiding. Trusting. Surrendering. It never changes. Remember, remember when Paul said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, and self-control, right? Remember? What's the next phrase after that? Galatians 5. Against such there is no law. If you're sinless, you don't need rules anymore. You actually died to all that stuff. Why? The law revealed the will of God and the character of God, but it had no power to change us. And God is done with outward rules and laws from the outside of us, conforming us and making us be a certain way. Now he's on the inside of us, changing us by himself. And the big question is, what does he do and what do I do, right? 
Didn't we see this last week, Philippians 2? He said that, wow, he delights in us and he likes us and he's promised to change us. And yet it says that you're to work out your salvation with fear and trembling because God is working in you to will and to work. So he's working and causing you to work and you work out your, fear, your salvation with fear and trembling. You're working and he's working. What's his part and what's your part? Well, he just said it right there in John 15. You bear fruit by abiding. You become like Jesus by being with Jesus. The life of Jesus, the fruit of Jesus, his righteousness, his character, his power, his calling is produced in you and through you as you abide or just be with him. His part is to be the vine and your part is to be the branch. And that's it. Now, now why, why is it that we've got to like preach on like what faith is? And why is it that we've got to like, why is it that there's so much in the word of God of how to do this? Because it's so foreign to us, isn't it? We're, we're all about rules, aren't we? We're all about someone telling us what to do. We're all about trying to earn someone's approval that's never going to be pleased. We're all about fear and guilt motivation. But what if you were never motivated by guilt fear, shame, or condemnation ever again? What would you be motivated by? I, most people I know would be like, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Are you serious? There's something other than what you just listed? You could be motivated by something other than that? Oh yeah, because I'm not motivated by it anymore at all. I'm not motivated by guilt. It's not from God. If I'm sinless... Guilt feelings aren't from God. I'm righteous in Christ. So how does God grow you then? Just sit around in a lazy boy and this maybe happen one of these days, right? Is it like magic or something like that? Or is it more like farming? Is it more like a relationship? See, the fruit is Christ himself. Listen, the, uh, 1 Corinthians 1 says, Jesus is your wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. He is that, right? Hebrews 12, the author and finisher of your faith, right? He began it, he'll finish it. He himself is your righteousness. He, him on the inside of you is your righteousness and your sanctification, which means becoming holy like him. He's the beginning and he's the process and he's the end. It's all about Jesus. See, to do something in our own human effort, is to produce something outside of Christ. You can come to Jesus and then you can begin to do something in your own human effort and produce you. Do you know that every time you um, say things like, what's my calling? I want to know what my calling is. What's my calling? Now, I'm not saying it, you can't say that word, but most of the time when I hear people talk about it, Right? You know, I want, to, I want my marriage to be better. Oh, I, yeah, I should go to that FPU because I need to work on my finances. You realize, you realize what's wrong with that, right? It's you. It's all about you. And you're only motivated by you. But the Bible says you died. And your life is no longer your own. But Christ lives in you. And you live by faith. That you died to yourself. It's not about your calling. It's about Jesus's. 
It's not about your marriage. It's about Jesus loving your spouse through you. And any time that you're trying to do it for self or in your own human effort, all you're doing is producing you. And guess what? That doesn't excite God at all. He doesn't want it to be by flesh, by human effort anymore. And he's not excited or impressed by law at all. He wants one thing. Father, God, wants his son formed in you. That's it. Well, my point is that the, the Christian life of producing fruit is the life of Christ being formed in you and through you. That's what gets him glory. That's what pleases the Lord. And he doesn't delight in your own human effort. He doesn't delight in you trying to produce this in your flesh. He only delights when you're abiding, walking in the Spirit, and allowing Christ to produce his fruit in you. <clears throat> See, think about it this way. Um, my, my children, my three children, great-looking kids, right? There's a reason why they're so good-looking, right? We all know this. And there's, it's because there's a woman who's not here, right? Because of a woman who's not here. So who are my children? John, David, Emma, and Joshua. Who are they? What do they, what do they really look like? Who do they really look like? Don't, don't they kind of look like me? And at the same time, don't they kind of look like Michelle? And they look good because of Michelle, right? Aren't my children a manifestation of us? How were... Didn't we create something? We did. Now, God breathed life into them. He's still the, he's the source. But they were produced from what? Our oneness. They are a manifestation of our oneness. They represent that I am not my own anymore. And my wife is not her own anymore. That we are one, literally one flesh. The Bible says we are one. And it's through our oneness that we created. And by created, I don't, you know know what I mean. I don't mean being God. I mean like co-laboring with God. Like God didn't like, okay, so those of you who aren't sure about this, he doesn't bring babies by storks, right? (laughs) We all got that, right? We actually partnered with God. Does that make sense? That sounds weird to some of you who don't understand the beauty of sex. There it is. I said it. Do you see what I'm saying? And I'm sorry because many of us, it's been warped and twisted and broken, hasn't it? But it's not meant to be like that. It wasn't meant to be like that. Our children are the manifestation of our oneness. They are the fruit of our intimacy. That is exactly what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about sex? No, you're missing the point, right? Jeez, you know, these guys. No, come on. Jesus is saying that he wants to birth something through you, produce something through you, produce fruit through you. You are an essential component. And it only comes through oneness and intimacy. And since he's already connected your spirit and his spirit, you're already one. And all you are doing is walking in the reality of who you are in Christ now, already. 
You become like Jesus by being with Jesus who has already made you righteous. His life in you. And what begins to happen is as you walk in that reality and you spend time with Jesus. Jesus. Really, right? The resurrected man who's living in you by his spirit. We're not talking about an idea or a book or religion. Him. And you commune with him and you enjoy intimacy with him. You become like him. This is the most enjoyable process in the world. I know you guys don't believe me. That you can actually become like Jesus and has him, have his character change you. And you can actually partner with God to bring glory to God on the earth by fulfilling your calling. And it can be the most enjoyable thing in the world because he created that you would enjoy him and he would enjoy you. And through that mutual enjoyment of God and you, oneness and intimacy, something would be produced. But evangelism is so scary and what, being like Jesus is so hard. You know, like this character that is so difficult. Let me tell you, if it's hard, maybe it's because you're doing it without him. Now, I'm not saying it's not work. Look, listen to 2 Peter verse, uh, chapter 1. 2 Peter 1. <clears throat> This is what Peter says in verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. By which, uh, which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It's just like, wow, that's like loaded, right? Listen to what he said, verse 3. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What does he mean by that? He's talking about the resurrection. That the Holy Spirit has come on the inside of you and Jesus' resurrection life, his power, is in you and and what what does that mean that means now you have everything you need for life and godliness everything listen i said it a couple weeks ago that means that what you will become you already are that means that the holiness that will be produced in you tomorrow you already have today you will never be more holy than you are today it will simply be the manifestation of that seed producing that fruit in your life. It's already in you. Does it make sense? So tomorrow, you love your wife better. Like you don't say something dumb, you say something nice. Yeah. Go Dave, right? Here. Right here. Who gets the glory? Jesus, because it was his character being produced in me, and all it's doing is manifesting. I mean, that means that right now you have everything you need for life and godliness. Right now. You have everything you need right now to lay your hands on somebody and they're healed. Promises in the word. You have everything you need right now to say no to sin. You have everything you need right now, right now in Christ. 
Is it yours? No. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing, right? He's trying to say, hey, yeah, you can do a lot of good stuff in your flesh, but it's going to amount to nothing. Laws, rules, human effort, anything outside of intimacy with Christ produces you, not Christ. He doesn't want to produce anything out of that intimacy with him. But it's all available right now because he's in you. So you're never going to become more holy and God's never going to love you more than you are right now because he's already finished it in Christ. And what you're doing is through the intimacy with Jesus, through abiding in Jesus, who he is in you is transforming you and he gets all the glory. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. I'm I'm saying this is in your calling. This is in leading someone to Jesus. This is in character. This is in every aspect Christ is bearing his fruit through us, and it happens through oneness. I'm telling you, this is the hardest thing to convince Christians. Because we want to complicate it. We want to make it more difficult than this. It's the hardest thing to convince Christians, and and yet when you do it, oh, it's an easy way to disciple people. I, I... I love it. I mean, I remember sitting down with a new believer. I mean, come to Jesus. He's like an hour old in Jesus, you're right? I mean, this is when to do it. Okay, you accepted Jesus. Now, you follow those Ten Commandments really hard, right? Now, okay, he died for you. He died for you. Now, you need to give your life to him, and you need to... You need to prove yourself to him, right? This is what gets communicated, communicated so often. I said, I say to these new believers, I say, in fact, a new believer will say, what do I do now? Right, he's really born again. She's really born again. What do I do? You say, Jesus. You hang out with Jesus. You spend lots of time with Jesus. You get to know Jesus. How do I do that? He wrote a whole book about himself, right? He is the word, right? You talk to him. You listen to him. Jesus said it this way. Come to me, hear my teachings, and do them. That's it. Hey, come here. Come to me. Anything you need. I have it. Come here. Yeah, but I'm really dumb with the finances. I know, I know. Come here. Come here. I'm not, Right? Come here. No, but you don't understand. I'm really, really stubborn. I'm rebellious. I, I've just, I'm, I just, I'm rebellious. I know. Come here. Come here. Come here. I'm a good leader. Come here. Right. Hear what I have to say and then do it. It's really that simple. Remember he said, if you abide in my words, you're my disciples indeed, and the truth will, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Not you'll make yourself free, but his truth, the power of his word changing you, Right? So I tell these people, I say, okay, 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 come here, come to Jesus, just get in the word, spend time with Jesus, and you hear his voice, and then you just do it, and they go, what, really? I go, yeah, 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 okay, look, look, and I, and I read Galatians to them, and I show them, you know, all this, I say, there's no more laws, okay, you're free, I say, you're righteous in Christ, Whew. I had somebody go, it's like, new Christian, right, he goes, wow, the pressure's off, I go, yeah, see, that's good. Enjoy God, right? I love it. The moment you convince a believer they just need Jesus, and you go to Jesus, you get whatever you need. Now, I don't mean by that we don't need each other. 
Okay, I don't mean that at all. I mean, you come to Jesus, you hear his voice, and you do it. It's the greatest thing in the world. I watch people grow so fast. I, they convict themselves. No, I mean, it's the Holy Spirit, right? You know, you know what I'm saying? You hang out with them, and you're like, boy, I really need to talk to them about this issue in their life, you know? Like, you're discipling them. You know, you want to, like, correct them. You lovingly, and you're like, hey, you know, brother, I just want to talk to you about something. You're like, yeah, the Holy Spirit's been showing me. And you're like, that's what I was going to say. That was easy. That was easy. You already, you already got it, right? Oh, it's, it's amazing when you can get a Christian to realize that you just go be with Jesus and he's going to speak to you and you get these breakthroughs. Now what happens? Now what happens when I disciple people? Oh, it's brilliant. Because then God will speak to them and then guess what I get to do? I get to go, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Here's some good wisdom about that. And now what happens is I get to speak into the process